I've lost track a little bit of the time, maybe three weeks or so. Uh, we have been praying every Wednesday for a list of folks, and one of the folks on that list was Ed Casey. Remember, triple bypass, no small thing. Well, there he is, sitting back there at the church. <laughs> he looks great. He looks wonderful. So thankful to have Ed and Shirley. It's truly, you know, a, a puzzle God puts together, and I hate when pieces are missing. It's just uh, not right. Okay, well, um, tonight's message, I'm not sure how it's going to come about. I got maybe a decent amount of reading to do, and I don't know if I can have you relate to what I went through this most of this week, especially the tail end of the week, uh, because I, I had a message, but I, it just wasn't settling right in me, didn't feel right, not that it was wrong or incorrect, just, I don't know, just wasn't something that I was pleased with, and I always take that as the Lord telling me. And I'm not insulted when God's telling me, you're missing the mark, because we all have missed the mark. But I was discouraged, and as days tick by and hours go by, and you still seem to have nothing, then it's like pressure and burden and weight, and I'm like, Lord, what on earth? And I really needed and sucked up every laughter that we had last night with the... uh, what did it say? New Hope Church proudly presents Suspect Hollywood Mystery Dinner. It was great. And you know that laughter is what, according to the Word of God? It does good like medicine, okay? And, but it didn't get me off the hook. I mean, I still have to preach the Word of God. And so it was all done and over, and pictures were be take, taken, and your mouth hurt from laughing, and great food. And I certainly hope they do another one. Uh, but tucked away in the back, I saw a scripture, and I went, oh, my goodness. And that's where this message comes from. Like, as soon as I saw that, I thought, oh, my heavens. And I kind of knew that that's what the Lord wanted at that moment. And I didn't know that they put scripture. I didn't even know we were going to have these things. And all these people and faces and names and various things, but there it was. And we'll get to that scripture in a second. So, as we look at our nation, and again, the state of our nation, state of our church, state of the church, the spiritual atmosphere, you know, in our nation, um, to me at times doesn't seem like much is going on. It just doesn't. It seems like God is there, but you know, everything's sort of same, same. Uh, and a lot of times it does seem like evil has the upper hand. It always seems like evil wins out. And you can kind of get weary over that. And so the opening text is the scripture that I found. And being in that state kind of tired of evil always winning, even when we find out someone was evil, when you take them you know, all the courts that we have, and it still seems like nothing happens. They get set free, or there's no charge, or it's dropped, or it's dismissed. Bold lies, nothing takes place. And so that scripture was in Habakkuk 3.2 in the NIV, and it says, Lord, 
I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. Lord, repeat them in our day, and in our time, make them known. That's what they had on the back of the billing. Scripture finishes by saying, in wrath, remember mercy. And I was like, Lord, that's exactly where I am. I've heard of your fame, your awesomeness, your holiness. I stand in awe of your deeds. Lord, I need them repeated. I need them in our day, in our time. Make them known again, Lord, please. Proverbs 29.2 says this. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. Seems to be a weight off the nation. Things are lighter, brighter maybe, hope. Just when the uh, righteous are in authority, when the law is upheld and the law is honored. But it goes on and says, but when the wicked beareth rule, the people mourn. And this is where we are, the last part of that verse. The New Living Translation says, when the godly are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked are in power, they groan, absolutely groan. That word mourn does mean that. It means groan, in pain, or grief. And in the wee hours, probably like 1 o'clock, I suppose it would be actually Saturday morning, I went to bed the other night groaning, literally groaning, after watching the hearing on Benghazi and watching the special title, I think it might have been called 13 Hours in Benghazi, I felt like someone had kicked a wind out of me. Realized the American people, we have been blindsided by lies. Absolute lies. Bold-faced lies. Watching these soldiers who were actually there. Saying, were you told to stand down? And of course, everybody say, no, no. Now, this isn't a political message. This is a spiritual message of the condition of our nation. And they asked them straight up, were you told to stand down? And they said, yes, absolutely, we were told down at least two or three times to stand down. And then across all the airways in America, if you did watch, you saw that was denied. Not true, that, that didn't come. We didn't say that. And so I went to bed that night groaning. I actually walked around in our living room saying, they lied. They lied to us. Bull-faced lies. And it's not a shock, but I heard it and saw it. And nothing happens. So I thought of Isaiah 59, 14, a New Living Translation. To me, this nails it. It says, our courts oppose the righteous. And justice is nowhere to be found. Truth stumbles in the streets. And honesty has been outlawed. This is the spiritual condition we are in. The spiritual condition that our nation, that we find ourselves in as Christians. And I told Ruth the other day, I wish I could put up a billboard with a picture of the White House and the Congress in the background. And the words written, Really huge and big. You lied to us. And then put a scripture on there. The tail end of Revelations 21.8. And all liars 
shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So I went to bed the other night groaning as if I was in pain, and I think I was. That's why I said I sucked up every little bit of laughter the other night. For at least an hour or two, I could get that out of my system and enjoyed that so much. And then God, then I found this scripture, and then it, God reminded me this morning when I was sitting there, and then I dove into Habakkuk, who was a prophet in the Word of God. And he starts off with Habakkuk 1.1, says, The burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see. I am not proclaimed to be a prophet or nothing like that. It's nothing. I'm telling you where God directed me. Where I found myself thinking, is there no hope? Even when truth is brought to light, no one listens. No one does anything. Courts aren't backing it up. What can I do? How can I say something? That's why I thought, a billboard, that's the best I can do. As the very top echelon of our nation went on and just bold-faced lied about everything that happened. So Habakkuk said, the burden which Habakkuk the prophet did see. That word burden means load. This load, that which is carried, this, this burden, this weight. We're living in a time and a dispensation where truth has fallen. No one wants to hear the truth. Sometimes even church people. And I went to bed that night feeling so helpless. Like a helplessness came upon me. Because I don't have a public pulpit or millions to combat what they're saying over all the airways. No, that didn't happen. And no, this happened. And no, that was caused by this bold face out and out lies which are tearing down the nation that we love. So God turned me to Habakkuk. And it says Habakkuk had this burden. It said not only in the sense of the message from God, but also in the sense of a, a heavy weight. It says, I, I did. I went to bed with a heavy weight. I don't know if you've seen that, but they talked to these soldiers that were there, that were armed up, ready to go and rescue them, and they were told not to go. I mean, it just doesn't line up with anything I've ever thought that our nation stood for. And now I'm trapped in this nation and can't do nothing about it. Just like that ship that I told you we were on. Remember when they, Paul said, don't go that way? And they said, oh, shut up, throw them in the cave, in the bottom of the boat. We're going that way. And we know we're going to hit and sink. And this is where we are. So the name Habakkuk is delivered, uh, derived from a Hebrew word, which means embrace. Okay, his name probably means uh, he who embraces or he who clings. And it's as if God was asking me, or maybe us, to embrace this time now. Embrace it. Realize it. What's going on? This season that we're on. 
God doesn't want us to run and hide. This can go for our nation or it can go for your, your own self, you as a person or a couple or a marriage. And I'm thinking, Lord, who wants to embrace a season like this? That's what Habakkuk's name was called, and he's the one that God moved upon and placed this burden on. And his name means he who embraces this calling. And at this time, Habakkuk, the book Habakkuk, describes Judah's uh, lowest time in history. A time in history was very bad. And it went on and says, if the dating is to remain close to the Babylonian invasion, remember, Habakkuk likely prophesied in the first five years of Jehoiakim's reign. Remember, he was a king who led his people in evil, which is what's going on. We see our nation turning, having the, the uh, wheel of the ship, this great ship, and turning it away from God and away from truth. And we can't get off. And they're going in the wrong direction. And we're saying, no, 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 the Word of God says. And they said, shut up. And they throw you in the bottom of the boat. And want nothing to do with you. And you're forced to go in this wrong direction to a king who has led his people to evil. And that's what's been going on. More than ever in our nation. Habakkuk's prophecy was directed to a world. Now, you're a Christian. To a world through the eyes of God's people must have seen on the edge of disaster. Back then in Habakkuk, the godly people in the midst of this lowest state of Judah, the godly people must have been saying, there's no hope. We're on the eve of destruction, what they were saying. And Habakkuk called of God, called to embrace the situation. And I'm going to bed that night going, oh God, I can't believe it. I can't do nothing about it. Even in Habakkuk's day, there was another powerful foreign army on the rampage. Not, not, not that long ago, our great leadership said we're going to permit 250,000 Muslim, uh, what do they call when they have no home to go to? Refugees into our nation. 250-some thousand. And I heard a guy on the news saying this is going to be the greatest Trojan horse ever. Okay, so it's like, what is going on? What's going on, Lord? And it was going on. God showed me this is happening in Habakkuk's day. Habakkuk was wondering, uh, what, God, what are you doing? What's going on? Haven't you given this land to his people? Habakkuk said, are you now going to take it back, take it away from us? This is hopeless. This is impossible. All these people coming in, we're doomed. Letters, absolute letters put on TV from our leadership saying the hours after the attack or the day after the attack, 
telling her personal family this was a personal attack from Al-Qaeda. Telling the Egyptian ambassador or whatever he is, the Egyptian president, telling them the same thing, coming to the news and to us and lying away. I'm thinking, God, oh, God, what are we going to do? And it happened to Habakkuk. Habakkuk 1-2, he says, Oh, Lord, how long shall I cry and thou wilt not hear? Even cry out unto thee of the violence, and thou wilt not save. And then all the news and all the various things, and black lives matter, whites don't matter, shoot the police, black or white, blue lives, all this stuff going on. Habakkuk cries out in verse 3, New Living, Why dost thou show me iniquity and cause me to behold grievances? For spoiling and violences are before me, and they are that rise up strife and contention. And I've, I've never, New King James, I mean, I've never, ever, ever, ever backed and pushed the Message Bible. I just think it's too watered down. But I love what it says for this verse. It says this, the Message Translation, same verse. Why do you force me to look at evil? And that's what's going on. We're forced to. I don't want to. I don't vote that way. I don't ever want to go that way. I know that way is wrong, but God's forcing us. So look, I forgot to look up the scripture, but it talks about God was as if he lifts up someone's skirt. And I mean, you're totally embarrassed if that would, but that's what he's doing to our nation. Message says, why do you force me to look at evil? Stare trouble in the face day after day. Anarchy and violence break out. Quarrels and fights all over the place. Law and order fall to pieces. Justice is a joke. The wicked have the righteous hamstrung and stand justice on its head. And I'm thinking, I didn't even know all that. I never even looked at the message thing until today, even when I was moaning in my kitchen. I mean, I was pacing. I was like, I can't believe this God. We are, we're hamstrung. It's like we can't. Take them to court. Take them to the Supreme Court. It doesn't matter. Habakkuk provides one of the most remarkable sections in all of Scripture, and we probably ignore Habakkuk, as it, it contains an extended dialogue between Habakkuk and God. When Habakkuk was going, Come on! Where are you? You're not involved. The prophet initiated this conversation based on his distress about God's inaction in the world. It looks like that to me. But be honest, like Jason was saying, let's be honest this morning. It looks like that. God, God, if you're just pinky would move a little bit, righteousness would flow. And I love God. And I'm not turning back. But I will be honest enough and even admit, God, it does seem like there's no action. Habakkuk goes on and says, he wanted to see God do something more like I do. Particularly in the area of this justice for evil dudes. Let them get what they deserve. Americans died. Nothing happens. 
we still stay the course of going to destruction. I don't understand, God. God, we're heading to the falls. Lord, do something, because I can't. You ever feel like that? In your life, your country, your marriage, whatever, yourself, you look in the mirror. So Habakkuk goes on with this great talk with God. The book of Habakkuk pictures a frustrated prophet. A lot like Jonah. But see, Jonah decided to run, and Habakkuk, instead of running, he decided to pray. Big difference. Just like Jason talking about godly sorrow or worldly sorrow. Big difference. One's going to end up death in hell, and the other one's going to end up death and being born again and raised up and going to heaven. Big difference. So Habakkuk, God's showing me as even as I, <laughs> that night, thinking, God, come on. You've got to do something. Sends me to Habakkuk. So as the prophet Habakkuk stood in Jerusalem and pondered the state of his nation, Judah, he must have been dumbfounded. How did we come to this? How can our Secretary of Defense, you have, I mean, if you would come to me and with my handwriting and everything that I do and say, look, it's in your own handwriting. We have it right here. You said this on the very next day. You told the nation that and just spins away. I would have to say, you're right. I mean, how could you lie out of that? God, how can you even permit that? What? Lord, you, you don't see, you seem like you're disengaged. <clears throat> when that frustration builds up and the hopelessness comes in like the waves of the ocean, <clears throat> you get discouraged. And that's where the enemy wants you to be. And that's where Habakkuk was. So much evil, thriving, just everywhere. Completely in the open now, like here. I mean, I'm reading about something that's thousands of years ago, and I feel like I'm reading the paper. <clears throat> Openly. Uh, Where's the illegal who was deported five times just walks up and shoots a lady in cold blood on the, in San Francisco in broad daylight. I'm like, Lord, what's happened to our nation? And so in that frustration and you're hamstrung, you can't do nothing, then you start saying, God, where are you? I know you're better and bigger and better than all these people. <clears throat> Just like Habakkuk was, crying out to God. And I believe God told me to go to Habakkuk through seeing a scripture on the back. I mean, you're coming here at 7 I'm over there at my office a little after four saying, God, I don't have to. You have to be in that situation to feel that pressure. I mean, I do. I tell God all the time, hey, your people are coming. And within minutes, he gave me this short little message. In Habakkuk 2, 2, <clears throat> it says, New Living. <clears throat> 
Then the Lord said to me, Write my answer plainly on tablets so that a runner can carry the correct message to others. And that's what I want to do today. Maybe you're feeling like I've been feeling. Maybe you feel that too. Maybe you saw what I saw and you're just like, I can't believe. You know, we, we think, okay, now they got her. Now they got him. Now they're going to get what they did. Now they, and they just walk away with nothing. Old face, nothing. <clears throat> so God says in verse 3, this a vision is for a future time. It describes the end. And it is to us. And it will be fulfilled, and it is. And it seems slow in coming, and it does. But God says, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. The book of Habakkuk offers a picture of, of prideful people. I mean, they're just they do whatever they want. You know, the whole term, shredding the Constitution, nothing matters. This lady targets uh, conservatives and has a bunch of them uh, being chased by the FBI just because she can, and nothing's done. She was just let go two days ago. We don't find any reason to convict. And it's an out-and-out against the Second Amendment. <clears throat> That's this proudful people. But this is what God is saying. He says... Look at the proud. They trust in themselves, and their lives are crooked. But the righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. God says, you're right. Oh, you're right. Let me tell you something. I know exactly what's going on, and I am permitting this. The pride think they're untouchable. There's nothing you can do to them. And it seems like that. And when we're thinking God is inactive, uninvolved, he tells Habakkuk, embrace this, this time. He said, because, oh, it's going to come. It will come. He said, now you look at the proud. They trust in themselves, and they do, sitting there all smirked, answering any question like Teflon, nothing sticks. Look at the proud. They trust in themselves, and their lives are crooked, but they're righteous will live by their faithfulness to God. It reminds us that while God may seem silent and uninvolved in our world, seems like that at times, He always has a plan to deal with the evil. Always. And will bring justice. Eventually, He does. And in the midst of this, you and I have to live faithful to the Word of God. Faithful to it. I know I'm not telling you anything new. I know I'm not. But he always has a plan. You can always count on God when it doesn't seem like nothing's moving in your life, in your marriage, with your son, with your husband, with yourself, with the church. You can count on that God's moving. And you believe that by faith and living righteous to a God who is good. That's what you have to do. Even in the midst of this, and I'm going, oh, I mean, it was in the wee hours. It was still on. I couldn't watch anymore. I was like, no, this can't be true. 
right out in the open. Not that that shocked me. I'm not naive. I know they lie. But to lie caused death, turned the whole nation inside out, and no one cared. That's what's shocking me. And you could spill over and say, but God doesn't know you go to Habakkuk because Habakkuk was doing the same thing. He was crying out and saying, How long, God? What are you doing? The example of the prophet Habakkuk encourages believers, you and I, to wait on the Lord. It does. Nothing changes, expecting that he will indeed work out all things for our good. If you hang on and trust in the word of God. Even when all things get pitch dark and very gruesome. And it is. It is. So then that great scripture, Romans 8.28, God took me to. For we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and to them that are called according to his purpose. Even what's going on, God says, I'm letting their pride get so big in these people and he's going to bring them down. He'll bring them down in his timing. God has reminded me that he is in control, that he sees and that he knows and it's no big thing to him. In fact, he said, now, Joe, just go look at Habakkuk and read that story. That's the same thing. And although nothing seems to have changed, I haven't watched the news today, and I'm sure when I get up tomorrow, nothing visibly in the natural. But as God reminds me to have faith in that story found in Habakkuk, that I am to live by faith and simply just trust God, even when it seems like truth has fallen. In your life, when you find yourself in these unbelievable circumstances, whether you caused them, which we do most, or whether they just come your way because of life, and everybody around you and all the voices are crying contrary to the Word of God, you stay the course. You hold true to God's word, to the righteousness of the word of God, and he will see you through it. He'll see us through this. So the prophet learns that to believe what God says, to believe what God says, and to heed his warnings like we're getting now, is to be numbered among the righteous who shall, be, who shall live by faith. You understand that? to heed his warnings and to live. <clears throat> and to, it says that to believe what God says and to heed his warning, we will be numbered among the righteous who shall live by faith. We are being tested now more than ever to live by faith and not by sight. There's always been sort of a pleasant peace or comfort at an American level. And that's now gone. Again, Habakkuk 2.4 simply states, Behold, now this, I always knew the scripture was there, but it makes much more sense to me now when I get the whole scope of Habakkuk. It says, Behold, his soul which is lifted up 
is not upright in him, but the just shall live by his faith. That's us. You and I are going to be called to live. As God talks about the heathen and what's going on, Habakkuk thinking, Lord, you're not even engaged in this. I feel all alone like I was that night. God says, the just shall live by faith. And that's where you and I are. So as a result, Habakkuk's theme, the whole theme of the book of Habakkuk is that faith triumphs over apparent difficulties. Like all, the, uh, all that you're going through. Personally, as individuals, we're all in different parts, different realms of our life. And as Americans, and as Christian Americans, God says, placed Habakkuk's book in there to remind you that faith triumphs over difficulties. Let's stand. Probably my frustration, or maybe my confusion, or heartbreak came from trusting in man. Well, they're going to go to court now. We're going to have this special hearing. Truth's going to come out now. We'll all know it. And man still does his thing, contrary to the Word of God. So God, through either what I saw or felt on Friday, took me to this message to remind me, no matter what the spiritual atmosphere, no matter if it doesn't seem like much is going on, where it seems like it's just same, same, evil triumphing, you remember that faith will triumph over everything. Your faith in God and your personal situation that you're going through right now, that you're thinking, no, there's just no way. There's just no way. Don't run. Hang on to the wheel. Look here. Hang on to the wheel and have God direct you through by faith as you go through life. Same as a Christian church in a nation who has turned from God and we are stuck traveling with them because our leaders are evil and the righteous mourn or groan or feel the burden. So our altar call is just simply, God, help me to remember that it only takes a grain, mustard seed grain of faith to believe God. And also to remember, saints, that every one of you that are a believer in God have been dealt a measure of faith to believe this, that you won't run. God will keep you strong if you put your faith in him. We're going to open up our altars. You can come to this altar and make it confirmed, saying, God, I'm tired of being afraid. I'm tired of being miserable. I'm tired of being heartbroken, depressed. I'm going to put all my eggs in the basket of Almighty God and the Word of God. Do it. Do it today. Redo it tomorrow, the next day, because the enemy will come at you to try to take your faith away from God. All those are open. Come and confirm it with God tonight. No matter what you're going through, personal, Feel like God's not involved?
unattached in your life, just come. Remember the talk that Habakkuk and God had, the conversation. God told Habakkuk, I know what's going on. I see the proud. I see what they're doing. Father, help us to put our trust in you, Lord. Lord, we live in this world. We've been brought up in democracy. But Lord, we are to be governed by theocracy. Our Heavenly Father, the Lord Jesus, God the Holy Ghost. The Word of God should be that light and that lamp to our path. Help us, Lord, keep our eyes upon it. If we get our eyes upon the storms that you are permitting, we will run. Help new hope to be that lighthouse, Lord, in these storms. That people that crash and swim ashore can be given hope by the Word of God. Can be given hope with a relationship with Almighty God to understand the words of life, to implement them in their life so that they can change direction, have godly sorrow like we heard this morning, and not worldly sorrow, which leads to death. Father, it's only your word that works. As Habakkuk reminds us that we are to walk by faith even when it seems like God's not engaged which we know is a lie. Thank you for Habakkuk. Thank you for that word that they put. On that mystery dinner paper, Lord. Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. Lord, repeat them in our day and in our times. Make them known, God. Make them known again, Lord, please. 